Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, Luke O'Neill here uh, for my weekly Show Me the Science podcast. And this week, it's a subject very close to my own heart. Ha ha! Because uh, it's about blood, actually. And when I'm, I'm done, we've done blood a couple of times before because we're obsessed with blood, aren't we? But this is a very interesting breakthrough that's happened in the last couple of weeks. Again, I try to bring you the latest science. And this is actually the science of changing your blood group. Now, it's a staggering notion. You all know your blood groups. I hope you all give them blood. In fact, it's very important that we uh, donate blood. You might be AB, you might be O, whatever it might be. There's all these different blood groups, isn't there? And I guess, as you would also know, if you want to take a blood transfusion, you've got to match the blood group to your blood group such that your immune system doesn't reject it and that's a very important part of, uh, of, of blood blood donation in terms of if you need a blood supply if you've been say you've lost blood or whatever but it's also very important for organ transplant and the relevance of this is to do with changing the blood group in a tissue that you want to transplant into someone to make sure it matches in other words the recipient will have the right match for the donor's blood group and when they do an organ transplantation that increases the chance of the organ not being rejected and it's very important because and the example that, that it's been done in first is in lung transplants actually there's many people waiting for lung transplants and you'd all be familiar with things like cystic fibrosis but also a disease like COPD for instance which is very damaging uh, often they're waiting for a blood group match and they can wait and wait and wait what if you could take the lung from a donor and change the blood group at will and now that lung is now available to someone uh, who needs that lung transplant and that's what's been discovered a way to change blood groups it's incredible Uh, I'll tell you what it is in a few minutes because how they discover this is a little bit wacky but certainly it's fantastic science now let's begin though with what we we all know what blood is I guess at this stage it's full of all these cell types Uh, what what gives blood its red colour of course is the red blood cells they're the ones that have the blood group the stuff proteins on the surface of red blood cells and there's a risk if you put the wrong one into someone the immune system will react against that blood group on that red blood cell and try to destroy that blood and that can be very very dangerous it can cause a thing like hemolytic anemia for instance where the immune system attacks the red blood cells destroying it and that really injures the body it can be fatal and it can be especially fatal actually with a transplantation if it's mismatched in that way so blood groups are very important for blood transfusion and for transplantation but while I'm at it as you all know by now if you're listening I hope Uh, blood is also full of white blood cells or leukocytes to give them their their posh name there the immune system in my lab works on macrophages they're found in the blood in the form of monocytes so I always take a blood sample it'll be full of red blood cells also called erythrocytes it would also have white blood cells the third component are platelets which are tiny little plates that are needed for blood to clot because obviously if you cut yourself you want the blood to clot but for us we're talking mainly about red blood cells when it comes to these blood groups now it's very interesting how they were discovered actually it took quite a while. A guy called Carl Landsteiner, who was a Viennese scientist, he gets the credit for discovering blood groups. And he notices if you mix blood from two different donors, uh, if they were matched in the right way, the blood wouldn't clump. Now, we call this agglutination. In other words, the blood, the blood begins to clot really aggressively, I guess is the way to think of it. And he noticed if you matched a certain person's blood with someone else's, it may not clump and then he realised by using a very systematic approach of taking lots of blood samples from people that people have different blood groups and he finds three of them and he names them A, B and O now you may have heard of O many people have O uh, he called the OC for 
some strange reason and later it was renamed oh just shows you how the names can be wrong uh, but being able to match these blood groups he was able to perform the very first blood transfusion it was 1907 now previously there have been blood transfusions but they, they often went badly wrong because the blood groups weren't matched he performed the first in 1907 in Mount Sinai Hospital in New York he was working in New York at the time uh, so for example I mean I'll give you one quick one we can give loads of them if you're AB let's say that's your blood group you can take a blood sample almost from anybody you're called the universal recipient if you're O in particular O negative you're the universal donor anybody can take an O really you know and that means it's matched in the right way some of the immunology does get a bit complicated uh, but for us just get the idea that we know which blood group matches to who to avoid rejection it's the immune system that rejects the blood group and Landsteiner huge amount of credit now because he discovered the basis for blood transfusion what a marvellous contribution to human health because blood transfusions are used all the time in hospitals and he wins the Nobel Prize in 1930 for the discovery of these blood groups. After him, uh, many other doctors and scientists discovered blood groups, different types of blood groups. There's actually 40 different classifications just to make it complicated. You may have heard of rhesus, rhesus negative, for instance. So they're used a bit as well and in different contexts you can get a bit more sophisticated. But by and large, we still use the Landsteiner uh, blood group classification. Of course, he didn't know what he was studying. Um, All he was doing was um, studying blood clumping from different donors. Uh, it took a, about 30 or 40 years to realise what was being recognised by the um, by the immune system was a thing called a surface antigen. Now, we all know the word antigen. Isn't that marvellous? Because of COVID. So antigens are the bits that the immune system recognises. And, 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 and these were different between these blood groups. And in fact, there's a carbohydrate, which means a sugar. It's called N-acetylgalactosamine galactose. That's the structure the biochemical structure on the surface of the red blood cell that's different between different blood groups. And if you mismatch it, your immune system will attack that molecule and then cause all these problems. And, and that basis was finally figured out. Um, and, and, and obviously, as I said, a big breakthrough for, for medicine in many ways. Rhesus has to be matched as well. You get rhesus negative, rhesus positive. That's a different thing on the surface of the red blood cell. It's what's called a transmembrane protein that spans the membrane of the red blood cell. And again, that's got to be matched. Otherwise, you get this, this, um, this rejection process. Landsteiner goes on to, to become very famous anyway. I mean, he's, he's, his big claim to fame was, was, was blood groups, obviously, enough. He also gets the claim, get this, for reporting for the first time the polio virus. Now, there's a very important discovery. He was working on viruses as well. He was an immunologist like myself, and he strayed into viruses a bit, and he, just got, he gets the credit for the first description of the polio virus, a great, a great achievement. He was also a pathologist. He was famous for uh, doing autopsies and saying what someone died of, and he managed to get to 3,600 autopsies in his career, and that was apparently something of a record. They used to count the number of autopsies they used to do. So, so Landsteiner was famous for a few different things. And while I'm at it, and I'm only doing this now to impress Owen, because Owen is never impressed by my podcasts, every year the Viennese Academy of Sciences gives out an award for biomedical research. It's called the Landsteiner Award in honour of Landsteiner. And guess who won it in 2019? You've guessed it, Owen Brennan. No, uh, it, was, it was me. I won the Landstar Award in 2019. And I went to Vienna and I got this lovely uh, big, big trophy and a very nice trip there. So in, in, in a very honoured to win that, obviously, in recognition of my work in immunology named after Landsteiner. Now, but let's move away from me. We don't want all that vanity nonsense. Why am I telling you all this? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Blood groups anyway and the matching of them. Uh, but guess what? This capacity to change blood groups at will. I mean, it's a wonderful thing this has been discovered. You might wonder why they didn't do it sooner, I guess. Um, But the credit for this goes to a scientist called Stephen Withers. He was in the University of British Columbia. 
and literally a few weeks ago he reports two enzymes and if you slosh these enzymes over an organ it changes the blood group from A to O so he was able to just change it it looks as if the enzymes are modifying this antigen that I mentioned and actually changing its identity from A to O and now he's done more than that it looks like using different enzymes you can get whatever blood group you want in these tissues and obviously the enzyme is changing the the antigen on the surface of the red blood cell and in the tissues and then making it much more suitable for a donor and what's happening is the enzyme is cutting at this uh, this structure the acetylgalactosamine and changing it into a different structure I guess and now we're having this uh, change in the blood group now 85% of people actually have the A blood group um, so in other words you could easily change those now into O and if you're waiting for an organ transplant like a lung for instance uh, and you can you know you want to match to that you can see now what's going to happen there they'll just change that lung blood group into the one that suits you and now they can use that lung whereas previously they couldn't and you would have to wait so there's huge scope here uh, what they're talking a donor pool which is what transplant surgeons uh, call this, by the way, expands hugely by ch- being able to change the blood group. So lots of excitement now in this world of, of transplantation. Now, it's still early days. Let's make that clear. Uh, it turns out that uh, it's mainly work on animals they're doing so far. But of course, they're very optimistic that it should be possible to do this in humans and open up the spectrum of much more readily transplantable organs. And it won't just be the lungs, by the way, because like every hospital has people waiting for a kidney as well. That's a big organ, of course, that needs to be transplanted for people who've got various kidney issues. Uh, heart as well. Uh, and, and, and obviously the heart, lung and, and kidney are the main organs that we're talking about. So the future could well be any of those organs change the blood group using these enzymes and then make it accessible for transplantation. And I can't overemphasize really um, how important this is for for uh, people waiting I mean one of my previous companies Upsona our passion was to try to get kidney transplants because we knew there was a desperate need to make kidneys more available we had a drug actually that made kidneys sort of last longer if you know what I mean so if you were taking a donor you could make those kidneys a bit more effective and then we developed that, that treatment sadly it didn't pan out in the end our clinic. we did see an effect but the clinical trials were, were a bit unsuccessful in the end but I remember vividly meeting people waiting for these donations because dialysis for kidneys is a very tough thing. In the case of lungs, of course, sadly people die waiting for these uh, these donate uh, these organs. So again, I think a very useful discovery that could well benefit loads of people waiting for transplants. Uh, it's the first step, as I say, animals first, and then into humans. We'll see if it's going to work. But if the promise is realised of Withers' discovery, it really will open up a huge um, number of prospects for people waiting for different uh, for different organ transplantation. So a really really interesting scientific breakthrough. Goes all the way back to Lance Steiner. If he hadn't discovered blood groups in the first place, this discovery couldn't have been made, of course, uh, what, over 100 years later. So you never know if you stick at something long enough, you might make some very interesting discoveries. So there you have it. The science of blood groups and the science of organ donation. And, and finally, let me leave you with one big message. Give blood. Because there's always a shortage of blood and the blood transfusion service in Ireland, they're always crying out for young people especially to turn up and give a bit of blood and you might even get a cake or a cup of tea afterwards, you never know, but you'd be doing a great thing there because hospitals need blood. So please give blood if you can. And remember, next time when you think about uh, blood groups, science has improved the capacity to change the blood group and that could well open up possibilities for transplantation. So thanks very much for listening. There you have it, the science of changing your blood group. Uh, my, my podcast is available every Thursday for downloading. And of course, it's a News Talk production. And thanks for listening. 